Welcome to the Healing School Podcast. This is a place where you can get built up in the Word of God concerning healing. This is a place of truth and bold faith in the Word of God. We encourage you to get your Bible and some notepaper. Write down what the Lord is speaking to you. This is a place for both receiving and ministering healing. The stronger your faith gets in this area, the more effective you will be for the kingdom of our God. Hold fast to the scriptures. The truth of the scripture never changes and it never gets old. These are episodes you can feed on time and time again. Please share our podcasts with other people. Most always, someone either needs healing or knows someone who does. God bless you and heal you as you hear his word. The uh, title of my message is The Holy Communion, God's Channel of Divine Health. And, uh, you know, after uh, I do a teaching, I'm like empty. You know what I mean? I'm like blank. I'm just a blank slate, so... So I just pray, and uh, usually the day I teach, or the afternoon I teach, and I say, Lord, I, I need your teaching, whatever you want to give me, okay? And uh, so my teaching's based off this book. I don't know who gave it to us, but... Health and Wholeness Through the Holy Communion. This is one of the best books I have ever read, ever. And uh, so I read the book, and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to teach on that. So if you've read the book and you hear a lot of the same words, uh, it's because... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We need to hear it over and over and over. But uh, this is causing me to make a change in my life. Me and t- after, I, after we read this book and, and uh, me and Tina talked, we're going to start taking communion twice a day. Yeah, every day. And not miss a day. Take it morning. And take it at night, just before we go to bed. And uh, when when I'm done with the teaching, you'll see why. So anyway. So I, um, in my teachings, I, I have a tendency to write these out. As opposed to, I used to just write scripture and then I'd look it up and start looking. And now a lot of times I just write the scripture out. So, uh, but anyway, I completed this. We, we've been gone two Sundays. We went to Yuba City, California to visit Tina's sister and brother-in-law and their family. Had a great time. Had a great time. Probably the the highlight of the trip for me, other than being with God's people, was we uh, went to Lake Tahoe. And we climbed up this mountain. 
And uh, we, uh, the sign said 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, then 6,000. So somewhere between 6,000 and 7,000, we hit the peak. And when we hit this peak, and there's all kinds of ski resorts up there, you know what I mean? So I'm glad it wasn't the winter, it was the summer, but it was beautiful. And when we hit the peak, we looked down on Lake Donner. I believe it's called Lake Donner, Donner Pass. It's just gorgeous. I mean, it's a, the, these pine trees are the biggest that I've ever seen. I'm used to Minnesota and, and pine trees in abundance, but nothing like the, the redwood pine trees out there. It's so big, so thick, so pretty. And uh, so then we drove down to Lake Tahoe, and Lake Tahoe is big. It's B-I-G big. I mean, we drove all the way around it. And then when we were done driving all the way around it, we headed home. But we left at 9 in the morning. It's two hours to get to Tahoe, two hours back. And it's, it's just beautiful up there, just beautiful. So anyway, the Holy Communion and God's Channel of Divine Health. Now, I wrote this whole thing out. And then we came back, and uh, in my quiet time with the Lord, I saw a scripture that I had never seen before. So, uh, turn to Proverbs 15, verse 30. Now, I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. And so yours may not say the exact same thing, but the New Living Translation says this. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. Think about that. Good news. The Bible, Jesus called, God has anointed me to bring good news to the captive, originally captive by sin, and he set us free. But this is good news. So today, I'm telling you, you're going to hear good news. And it's going to bring health to all your body. Okay, so anyway, that same day the Lord showed me this scripture. Look at this scripture right above it, verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. The day you said, Jesus, come into my heart, he made you righteous. He put his robe of righteousness on you. And this is good news because he hears your every prayer. In the book of John says, if he hears you prayer, you know that you have those things that you ask for. That's good news, right? Then I'll read you one more verse that, that, that uh, this is uh, verse 24. The path of life leads upward 
for the wise that you leave the grave behind. When you say, Jesus, come into my heart, at that moment, you left the grave behind. God put you on a path of life. He's taking you to heaven step by step. One day, you'll see him face to face. That's good news. We know that because the Bible tells us so. I love that song. You know what I mean? The Bible tells me so. So let's go ahead and get good news. Turn to Acts chapter 10. We'll read verse 38. Okay. So, you know what? I'm just going to read a little bit before. This is when Peter was uh, uh, summoned to the Gentiles' house. You know what I mean? So, originally God started out with just his own people, but then he's going to expand it to all the Gentiles, to all the world. And Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what's right. This is the message of good news. So today, we're going to talk about the message of good news. For all the people of Israel, there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching the baptism, the message of baptism. And you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went about doing good in healing all that was oppressed by the devil. Now, let's, let's relate that to us because he says we're part of the body of Christ. Okay? How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. When we ask, most everybody here has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive the baptism of power. And now, it said after Jesus received the Holy Spirit and the baptism, he then he went about doing good. So the word to you is now that you've received the Holy Spirit and power, now, then, it's right now. You go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. You lay hands on the sick. And scriptures say the sick will recover. Scriptures also said God watches over his word to perform it. Right? And then just like the early disciples, God went with them. God will go with you. If we're obedient to him, that's the way he works. This is good news. So 
Let me, let me turn one more. Let's go over to Luke chapter 4. And uh, okay. Chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse 16. When he, when Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll, found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring the good news. One of your callings is the same as Jesus. You've been anointed to bring the good news. If someone needs healing, you're anointed to lay hands and say, Be healed, be whole, in the name of Jesus. And then just like uh, Jesus, God will be with you. Okay. So we find that when Jesus walked on this earth, most of his miracles were done in the area of healing. I mean, he walked on the water, and, uh, and he, he fed 5,000 with uh, just a few fishes and bread. But he healed literally every day. You know what I mean? Because that's his nature. Exodus 15, 26. You don't have to turn here. I'm going to read you the part that's... He is a Jehovah Rapha. And it says in the Exodus, he is the Lord that heals you. Well, that word Lord, if you look it up in the original, is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals. He is the essence of who he is. Who is he? The divine physician, the divine healer. There's enough healing and health in Jesus to heal the whole world. Every generation. Praise God. Okay. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them into the promised land. And he made sure none were sick. Now I'm going to stop here just for a second. The Old Testament is full of types and shadows of the New Testament. So let's relate this to where you are. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of earth, he put them on an upward path to heaven. And he makes, he's going to make sure there's no one sick in heaven. There's none sick. Okay, go over to... Um, Psalm 105, verse 37. And I'm going to read out of the New King James. It says, He brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble 
among his tribe. There was no one feeble. No one. Bible scholars estimate there were about two and a half million Jews at that time. Okay. They were all healed. They were all healthy. They were all whole. Now, think about our population here. If you just pick two and a half million people, you know some are going to be sick. Isn't that right? But God provided. Actually, he gave them the Passover. And, and really, the communion is, is the type of Passover. We take the Passover. We eat the bread representing the body and we drink the wine representing forgiveness of sin. So God forgave all his people. They ate of the lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God. And for 40 years, they had hell, they had hell for 40 years. And every time they blew it, and they did, he provided a way, right? So, being healed, being healthy, being whole was God's will then. It's God's will now. And it will be God's will when we get to heaven. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his will is that you be healed and that you be whole. Okay. Page two of my notes. Okay. <laughs> When believers are sick, and, and it happens, right? We want to know why. Why are believers sick? It's not your will, Lord. Your will is that believers be healed. What does God say is the answer to that question? You might be surprised to know the Bible gives one and only one reason that believers are sick and weak and die prematurely. Only one. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11.29 says in the King James, He who eats the bread and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak, and sick among you, and many sleep. Sleep means death here, okay? Paul said, for this reason. He didn't say for these reasons. He said for this, this one and only reason. He was pointing out the singular reason Christians become weak, sick, and die before their time. And what is this reason that Paul is highlighting to us? He said, not discerning the Lord's body. So the reason the Christians became sick and weak was their failure to discern the Lord's body. And what does that mean? It means they did not know why they were partaking of the body when they took communion. 
I started meditating on that, I realized that was probably true of me. So they had no idea why they were eating the bread. And this was the reason they were not receiving the divine life of our Savior, causing them to become weak, sickly, and die prematurely. Since truth is parallel, it means if we do discern the Lord's body, that's what we want to do, right? We all want to discern the Lord's body. Well, if we discern the Lord's body, we'll walk in his health and his wholeness. Okay? And then uh, I got this directly out of this book. You would have thought that Christians would study this passage so they can walk in divine health. Well, we're, 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 gonna st we're studying this divine passage. You know what I mean? Paul singled out this one reason was the cause of weakness and ultimately premature death for many Christians. Yet it seems most people in the body choose to focus on food and exercise. We're going to see that it's, that it's good that you do that, but that's the natural way. That's not the supernatural way. That's the way of the world. Okay? So, in fact, one of the best-selling themes in Christian bookstores today is food. There are books that tell us what to eat. There are books that tell us what not to eat. And I'm not, not, not knocking these books. All I'm saying is God doesn't want us to focus on food and exercise because that's the natural way of healing. All that's good. But 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we can, see, we can say it like this. Food and exercise or tanks and machine guns in uh, spiritual warfare. Do tanks and machine guns do good against the spiritual forces in high places? No, no, no. That's the way of the world. So some people think if they walk in divine health, they are on the Mediterranean diet since that's what Jesus was on. You know, I, uh, I went to a doctor. He told me to lose some weight, so I, he sent me to a nutritionist, whatever. She wanted to put me on a Mediterranean diet. You know what I mean? So uh, back then, I didn't know about this. But anyway... So I'll remind you that the majority of the people that Jesus healed were on the Mediterranean diet. They didn't eat pork. They didn't eat the fish that Jesus said don't eat. You know what I mean? They're on the same diet. But that's the people that Jesus healed. So the Mediterranean diet is not the answer. Right? We're not to put our trust in our own feeble human efforts. Our trust is in God to keep us in health. And he's made a way. 
the Holy Communion. That's God's way. You know, when we're done here, we're going to take the Holy Communion. Yeah. We're going to exercise faith and receive divine health because he watches over his word to perform it. Okay. The early church believed this. Go to Acts 2, and we'll read verse 42. Okay. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper. Okay, go down to verse 46. And they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. I also think it's implied here that they took communion as often as they could. Some took it every day. And, and I'm hoping when we're done with today, you will, uh, you'll do the same. Because, you know, the body of Christ today understands the importance of doctrine. There's many scriptures that say, watch out for false doctrine, but take a hold of good doctrine. You know what I mean? And there's scriptures that say we need to fellowship. And there's a lot of verses that say we need to pray. Pray all the time. But few understand the significance of the breaking of bread. I have to be honest, I, I don't think I really understood the significance before I started doing this study. I'm so glad I made this study, you know. But that's why many are sick weekly and die before their time. I don't want to be sick. I want to be well. I don't want to die before my time. I want to live every day that the Lord has planned for me. Not a day more, not a day less. He knows what's best for me. And I believe that God wants us, or God wants to restore the true meaning and the power of communion to the church so his people will rightly discern his body when they come to the table. This will cause them to become strong, healthy, and to live long. You want that? Yeah. The Lord has made special provision for our health. And this is found in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ when we come to partake of his table. When we recognize Holy Communion as God's channel of health and wholeness for his people, and when we teach the church, we come to his table, we'll be healthy and strong and live long. That's why, you know what, and I, I know that there's, there's a few and there's getting to be more and more that take communion every day. And uh, just like Joyce, she confesses that scripture on being 
that my youth is renewed like the eagles, and God honors his word performing. And so uh, we'll do the same thing. So many people believe the two elements of communion should be lumped together. I think this is what I believed. So they believe that the body and the blood are both for the forgiveness of sin. And really, when you hear people teach about communion, they focus on the forgiveness of sin. You know what I mean? They do. But there's two elements in that communion cup. One representing the bread, one representing the blood of Christ. Okay. So, the wine which is his blood is for forgiveness, and the bread which is his body is for healing. The blood is forgiveness. Go to Colossians 1, 14. I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. Colossians 1, 14, King James. In whom, that's Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And then Ephesians 1, 7, again in the King James. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So, when you partake of the wine, know that you are forgiven and made righteous. The blood gives us right standing with God. You know, it talks about he's put on his robe of righteousness upon you. And God is clothed with light. He's dressed in light. Can you imagine? Your robe of righteousness is light. And there's no darkness in light. Light drives out all darkness. The bread, and we'll be partaking of the bread, is for healing. To discern the Lord's body, we must know that his body is for our healing. In the King James, you know, I, I didn't write down now where the reference is, but do you remember when the woman whose daughter uh, had a demon, and she wasn't a Jew, she was a, uh, a Greek Phoenician. Anyway, so she kept asking Jesus to heal her daughter, and he said that... It's not good to give the children's bread to the little dog. The children's bread represents healing. And the dogs represent non-Jews. I'm so thankful that the Lord expanded it. You know what I mean? And we're now included. But in Jesus' eyes, healing is the children's bread. I mean, you're not going to have a child and not feed your child. You're going to 
give your child bread and what is needed to grow. And the reality of it is we need healing health to grow and do what God wants us to do. So anyway, uh, Linda, if you can uh, pass out the bread and the wine. Give one to everybody. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, now, I've got this partaking of the Lord's communion. Let us now partake of the Lord's supper and release faith. I think, I think this is something I just did as a, because I was told to do, I didn't understand it. I don't think that I made a conscious effort to release faith. I want you to make a conscious effort to release your faith. Your faith in the bread, your faith in the blood. So we're going to release our faith for forgiveness and for healing. Let us remember that God wants you to prosper in all things and be in health. That's his will. Okay? Hear the Lord say to you, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And then he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which was shed for you. So we're going to partake of his bread and, and his blood. See the Lord carrying all your sins and diseases. He took your sins on his body on the cross. See him taking on his body your physical condition. Whatever disease you might have, See it set on his body. It's no longer on you. You know what? It's, it's the transfer. Jesus is our substitute. So we can say it this way. We give him everything bad, and he gives us everything good. It doesn't get any better than that. Surely he's borne your sin. Surely he carried your diseases. So as we partake, release your faith in the blood and the wine. So I want you to get ready to partake of the bread. And I'll say a, a prayer for everyone. This, these, these two prayers are what me and Tina are going to pray morning and night, starting tonight. Okay, hold this up and say, thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. It is for my healing. 
my spouse's healing and my children's healing. I thank you that by your stripes, by your beatings you bore, by the lashes that fell on your back, we are completely healed. I believe and I receive. Take of the body. Next, take the cup in your hand and say after me, thank you, Jesus, for the new covenant out in your blood. Your blood has brought me forgiveness and washed me from every sin. I thank you that your blood makes me righteous. And as I drink, I celebrate and partake of the inheritance of the righteous, which is the preservation, the healing, the wholeness, prosperity in every area of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I love you because you first loved me. Go ahead and drink of the wine. Praise God, praise God. Now, you, you didn't bring in uh, that communion box, did you? Okay. So, I did some research. Actually, Tina did some research. And we went on. And because we're going to start participating and doing this twice a day, I wanted to see what's the cheapest. Those are, that's not the cheapest, okay? You can buy on the internet through Amazon uh, a box of wafers, the bread. And it's uh, 18 bucks for a thousand. So that'll last you a while, right? And then you have two choices. You can go out and buy a bottle of wine, or you can uh, buy grape juice. And so I, I did some research, you know what I mean? And uh, we're going to use grape juice because in wine, there's fermented wine, which is wine with alcohol. And then there's non-fermented, which is grape juice. But they both represent the same thing, the blood of Christ. So we went out and bought a big bottle of Wilson's grape juice. So uh, I, I believe if you'll make part of this your day, taking of the Lord's Supper and release faith for health, healing, and wholeness, you'll receive health, healing, and wholeness. And we'll see it in your physical body. Well, I encourage you 
be a doer. James said, be a doer. Don't be a hearer. Don't just hear this. Be a doer. So that's my word of encouragement today because that's God's word of encouragement today. This is good news. Yeah, I am, I'm excited.